Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Ugh, tell me it's Friday. Hey, tell me it's Friday. Hey, yo, tell me it's Friday. It's the 411 on getting banking done. Yo, it's Forefront Credit Union. It's the CU that's got you for what you do, when you do. You see, we're local and mobile and social in the community. Now we bring it all in with the unity. That's you and me, yeah, being what we want to be. Yo, and tell me it's Friday. Hey, tell me it's Friday. Yo, tell me it's Friday. Tell me it's Friday. Okay. All right. Time for another episode of Tell Me It's Friday. Today, I am joined by Brian Beauchamp with Tart Trails. Did I say your name right? You did. Okay, Nailed good. It. I I get a lot of like long names on the show, and then I like make eye contact, like, did I say your name right? Make a funny face if I didn't. And Brent Bolin, yes, two for two. Top of Michigan Trails Council. Did that one right, too. Yep. Perfect. Two for two. So we are here today, this is going to be the hard one, I'm going to crack my knuckles right now, to talk about the Naquema Trail. Thumbs up. Okay, good. I did that one right, too. Um, this is a trailway that has been several years in the making. Um, I'm not going to talk about the details of it because these two are the experts. Forefront is just one of many wonderful supporters of this awesome project. Um, I want them to talk about how they, these two organizations, along with others, have come together to make this all possible. You guys, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. So tell us about this trailway. Um, you know, how did you guys start talking about it? When did the conversation start? Let's start there. Well, um, yeah, this this conversation about the Nequema Trailway has been going on really can trace it back to almost 20 years ago now at this point, right? 2004 is when community conversations in Elk Rapids began and, and it was kind of led by local uh, citizens group there, uh, funded in part by, by Rotary and led by the local Rotary chapter who, uh, you know, kind of were seeing trail developments in other parts of our region mm-hmm. and asked the question, how can we, how can we do that here? You know, we have uh, a community that has access to natural resources and public lands and neighborhoods and a downtown. So how do we make those types of connections that we know help uh, spur and develop uh, uh, and drive local economies, support public health. And that that conversation expanded when uh, the Michigan Department of Transportation got involved and said, you know what, if we're going to be talking about this on a local scale, let's open it up regionally. We know that we have these two trail networks, the TART Trail Network based out of Traverse City, and then the Top of Michigan Trails Network based out of Charlevoix Petoskey, which I'll hand it over to Brent to talk more about. And that's about a 46-mile gap Mm-hmm. that um, let's look at it more holistically and develop a conceptual plan to uh, connect the whole corridor. And uh, so in 2015, the conceptual plan was adopted by a group of citizens representing communities up and down uh, that entire span, 46 miles. And thus the Nequema Trailway, the, the, the idea uh, was spawned and Nequema uh, just for those who probably don't know, is an Ojibwe term for where paths connect. So the the idea being connecting two trail networks 
but also connecting people to the places that they want to go, to others in their community, and ultimately to themselves, because we know that trails are an outlet for recreation um, that provide all kinds of personal, physical, and mental health benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as Brian mentioned, our trail network stretches from Alpena to Charlevoix. Three, we have 325 miles of trail across all eight tip of the mitt counties. So, you know, when this is done, well, you'll be able to ride Alpena to Sutton's Bay once this connection is made, which is really incredible. Uh, but it's also about the communities in between, because we often say first the community builds the trail and then the trail builds the community. Mm-hmm. And that's really true. So it's not necessarily about that through connection, that through connections need, but it's about I live in Elk Rapids and I want to go to wherever. You know, I want to go north. I want to go to Eastport. I want to go south. I want to go to Traverse. It's giving people those options to connect. And there's 25 different natural areas in this corridor that will all be connected up. Uh, So obviously, you know, with the inland lakes and the big lake, there's some wonderful uh, sites to see, the agricultural heritage. It's a really, it's an incredible corridor that people are biking already. So we think that we can really improve that whole experience for everybody, including locals to give them this recreational option. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say that they are biking that already, are they doing so like more on the road? There's just not much of a, a trail way to bring those two communities together right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. There currently isn't a separated uh, trailway. Uh, so P- there are some people, uh, U.S. Bike Route 35 goes through the corridor. Uh, and then, so there's some different people follow either uh, 31 Uh, different rural routes there's different uh, routes that people will ride through Uh, but long there are you know a number of people who do long distance you know hundreds if not thousands of mile trips that come through the corridor on bike route 35 so it's it's an improvement to a facility uh, well it creates a facility that doesn't exist for a use that's already there in a way and then it just gives you options because you know right now these are small towns in uh, rural and agricultural areas so it you know, creates a space for kids to walk their bikes, you know, Mm -hmm. older folks to stretch their legs that doesn't exist right now. And so that's a really, you know, wonderful thing for the locals is it's going to be something that they haven't had before. Absolutely. Well, and you drove down this morning to Traverse City from Petoskey, right? Correct. And did you see any cyclists that I normally do and making that drive on US 31 and I always think, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had a trail for those folks to ride their bikes in a safer environment. Right. I did see somebody riding down the shoulder of 31 with uh, panniers. So obviously long distance uh, biker. It used to be when I would see those people, I'd roll down my car window and yell Nequema at them. <laughs> uh, but it was, I feel like it was scaring people. So I've quit doing it. Um, I almost yelled at this guy today. I was so excited, but I, I decided not to. <laughs> I, I can see how that would maybe throw some folks off a yeah, little it's, bit. It's kind of it's like my pitch, right? As I'm going by, Nkwema. and then so. they're like, "What does that mean?" Google right. it. Exactly. Oh, so you're more adventurous cyclists. Is you know they may still take to the roads, and 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 that's fine. But what we're doing and and the the mission here is to build a, a trail network that that is accessible for all ages and abilities. Mm-hmm. Most of the uh, the the trail will be accessible for, for people who may have uh, mobility challenges, uh, who are wheelchair bound or, or, or whatever, wherever they come from. Um, so, so yeah, we, we got people who are traversing, you know, the, the, the countryside uh, with panniers, but we want to make this available for, for everybody and make space for everyone. Sure. So it will be paved the whole way through then? 
I mean, that's yet to be determined, but okay. you know, the, the idea is that um, most of it likely will be uh, asphalt, um, but there will be sections that are boardwalk. There mm -hmm. may be sections, who knows? It's going to be really up to the communities that we're working with because mm -hmm. um, we will be doing extensive public input throughout the entire process. So if a community is really adamant that uh, in a certain section, it makes sense to do crushed limestone, we're going to leave that open as an option. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things that's interesting about the trail planning process is that, you know, you have this conceptual plan that's been improved. So we have sort of a general line on a map saying this is where the trail is going to go. And sometimes people sort of overestimate what that means, because like Brian said, you know, we're going to go to the community and say this trail is coming through here. Where do you want it to go? What do you want to get out of it? What places in your community do you want to connect? So, yes, there's an overall vision of how this 46 miles is going to work. But when we go and talk to Eastport, we're talking to them specifically about what places do you want to be sure are connected and what do you want that trail to look like? Yeah. Because we want to build trails that the community wants. And it is a community driven process in that way. Well, and I'm sure you want to showcase those communities too. You want to take that trail through those communities. And will this bring um, business to those communities, I imagine, as well? Well, we know from studies that have been done, uh, most recently, Tart Trails completed a study with uh, folks from the University of Florida in Leelanau County, and the Sleeping Bear Heritage Trail is a good example. That's a 12-foot wide paved trail, which is kind of the the, the standard uh, rule of thumb for you know where, where the conversation begins. And uh, that trail generates over $3 million in direct spending every year. That's, that's money that people who are using the trail are spending on their bike rentals going out to lunch, lodging. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely know that trails will bring uh, money into the local economy. And that doesn't include the direct spending. That doesn't include the jobs that are created for the places that people will go and, and those types of additional indirect uh, benefits. Sure, yeah. Yeah, we did a similar study um, focused on some of our trails in the Petoskey area and found very similar thing. Uh, in terms of the amount of direct and indirect spending on lodging, food, retail, uh, we figured out about $10 million of economic impact annually from the Little Traverse Wheelway. Um, and there's no reason to think those numbers would be different uh, someplace else. So it's pretty big. And that's, I didn't even try to compute what the tax revenue generated for communities would be. So it's very supportive of local businesses. It brings people in the doors of mm -hmm. ice cream shops and places like that. And you know, other nationwide studies have shown that people traveling by bicycle spend more time in your community and spend more money because it's just a slower way to travel and it's a more uh, engaged way to travel. So it's just a, it's a great way to get people in the door. And we work quite a bit with the communities in our footprint on how to really leverage their trail connections to make sure that, you know, oh, hey, make sure people can find your downtown uh, from the trail, make sure your ice cream shop has a bike rack out front. It's like all, it's like lots of little things, but making sure that everybody can take advantage. And we'll be doing that in the Nequema corridor as well. Awesome. And that doesn't even take into account the, the increase in, in property values. So I don't know in, in your neck of the woods, Brent, if you see this, but you know, uh, listings in, in Traverse City, if they're anywhere near the Tart Trail, that is the first thing that you read. Mm -hmm. And we know that it, uh, the closer you are to the trail, the more value that adds to your, your land and your property. So there's that additional economic benefit that comes along with it. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. And the other thing that's interesting from tra doing trail user surveys 
is we see that, you know, it's roughly half and half locals and visitors. So the local people who live here year round benefit just as much as the tourists and their wallets that we, of course, want to bring into our tourism economy in in the summer. So it's not, you know, a purely tourism focused thing. It's something that benefits the locals as well. And I've had business owners say, you know, the trail network, it really helps me recruit people to come live here. Uh, you know, people are looking to get out of bigger, more expensive cities. They're looking for active lifestyles. And so for an employer to be able to say, hey, we're located really close to this uh, incredible trail network, along with all of the lakes and everything else that's great about northern Michigan, it's really a selling point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where does this project stand like today, right now? Because I mean, we, we, you started this conversation in 2004. Sounds like it got off the ground officially in 2015. Here it is, 2022. It's been a labor of love, but you guys have stuck with it. Lots of organizations have stuck with it. Where are you at today with it? Well, I mean, in part, it starts by going back even further and acknowledging <laughs> one of the reasons that we named it the Nequema Trailway and used the Ojibwe uh, uh, term, uh, where paths connect, is because this corridor has been used as a transportation uh, important transportation corridor for people going back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a, a new concept, but where does it stand today mm -hmm. is an important question. Um, this is a generational project, meaning that it's going to take a generation to complete and will be there for generations to come. Um, right now on the ground, we are almost done with construction of the southernmost portion the Acme Connector Trail. Mm -hmm. So for those who are familiar where the TART Trail currently terminates at Bunker Hill Road, it will extend to the north and get us to the intersection of US 31 and M72, where we will plan from there to cross uh, 31 to be on the west side and the water side and go north towards Elk Rapids. Um, planning initiatives are underway to get from Elk Rapids down to Maple Bay. That's going to be a pretty significant uh, next step. And then to the north. Yeah, we're very active in the Eastport area, doing a segment through there. And then also uh, coming west out of Charlevoix towards Fisherman Island State Park and then turning you know, south down the coast. Uh, so we're working with DNR and the state park. We're working with the county. Uh, in the city on the Charlevoix part. So the uh, Lake to Lake Trail currently comes out the west side of Charlevoix and um, sort of ends uh, at the corner of Bells Bay Road and 31. And so part of what we want to do, that trail has um, been in for a while and it's had to change a little bit. So part of what we're doing is some improvements uh, to that. We're looking at working with the city on to sort of fully complete the connection. And then my organization is working on the other side to fully connect the wheelway. Uh, it currently ends at Waller Road and has for years and years. And we're uh, the city and uh, my organization are working on like a last mile connection from there into downtown. So just making sure that people can get to and through Charlevoix, you know, get over the bridge and keep going. So mm -hmm. working on those pieces uh, pretty actively right now. So it's, you know, it's a long corridor. We're not going to be able to build it all at once. So, you know, we sort of pick the places where people are really excited right now or where communities are ready to go right now and are sort of focused on getting those segments off the ground. Uh, and then other segments will, you know, come in time. Because, mm -hmm. you know, just working with 
all of the permitting we need to do and planning with townships, municipalities, counties, the state, there's just long time horizons for all of those things, you know, recreational plans, general plans. So a lot of these things uh, do take some time. And uh, so we're just working, you know, where we can to get pieces in place and generate momentum for the rest of the trail. So are some of those phases and those pieces, are they happening simultaneously with one another then? You're not just like doing one piece and working toward the other. Like it sounds like you're doing things at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So so there's activity in different segments yeah. uh, happening at the same time. And I, I just want to interject too that, I mean, that's in no small part. We, we don't build trails, as Brent said earlier, uh, where people don't want them. So where communities are, are excited and ready to engage and work with us on their master planning process, you know, we're talking about land use, we're talking about engineering, we're talking about construction that's built to last. These are small roads. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, we call them trails, but they're really small roads that yeah. will be there uh, for a long time because they're, they're done well. They're engineered to address erosion, uh, going through critical habitats. Sometimes we have to build boardwalks, et cetera. Um, so they're, there's a lot kind of happening. It's information is on our website about, you know, keep you current on, on project updates, but I wanted to give a, a props to forefront credit union and, and really the folks who have joined our founder circle who have given us the flexibility to hop on these opportunities as they arise, because that is critical uh, in terms of engaging communities and building the support and working through these, what can feel like lengthy processes. So, Thank you guys for uh, supporting this project because it really doesn't happen without that kind of initial investment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we see your guys' vision and, um, you know, I, I think I know it's not the same thing at all, but we have 15 branches expanding into three more in the West Michigan area. So can completely understand, you know, wanting to connect communities and wanting to expand that reach. So it makes sense to us. It's it's a long process, so we get it, and we see your guys' vision, and we're very supportive of it. We're, we're excited for you guys. We're excited for us. So, um, no, that's it. absolutely. It's, it's a great investment. Um, speaking of that, um, total cost of your guys' project, uh, I don't know if you can put an exact number of it, but, you know, talk, 46 miles, I mean, multi-generational project, it's, it's huge. I don't even think... I know I don't have a great concept of it. Can you talk about that? Well, I mean, with the rate of inflation right now, it's not getting any less expensive. I can start <laughs> by saying that. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> um, but realistically, we are approaching this, you know, the, 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 the extent of the project being closer to a $70 million overall. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, some of that is different miles of trail cost different amounts of money, right? So in a place where uh, maybe you're in a bottleneck and so you're going along, you know, you're using the U.S. 31 right of way. um, So it's fairly constrained, sort of already developed. uh, That's a lot easier mile to build than a mile through a state park or across, you know, a wetland or adjacent to an agricultural property. Mm -hmm. So different miles cost different amounts. But as Brian said, we've really seen this problem across the board just because you do have these planning horizons, right? It takes you some time to do your engineering. Then you apply for different pots of government money. You go through permitting processes. So because everything takes time and with the challenges we're having with supply chain and labor, the cost can really change over that lifetime of the project. So that by the time you get ready to do something, 
your cost estimates are out of date. So we're trying to keep up with things as best we can. I think labor is going to continue to be a challenge because there's a lot of money being spent on different kinds of infrastructure projects because of COVID and everything like that. So municipalities, the state, organizations like ours are all competing for the same contractors uh, on the same time frames. So, you know, that'll start to work itself out over time. But right now it's hard to, the crystal ball is pretty cloudy on cost, but I think 70 million is a pretty fair estimate of the total cost. Uh, But, you know, that's not all getting done at once, right? You Mm -hmm. eat the elephant one bite at a time. Uh, you can't build 45 miles or of trail all at the same time. That's not how highway projects work either. So, you know, you do it in segments so that you can sort of get through those planning processes because there are many different stages and we have different segments of this trail at different places in that process so that there's kind of always something going on mm-hmm. somewhere uh, moving things forward. Yeah, And many different sources of revenue, right? So that's one of the beautiful things of trails is that we bring private funding we bring public dollars uh, from all different channels and and put it together to benefit the community Um, so it's it's not going to all come from one place and that'll be a a significant amount of the work is to um, bring the investments in from all those different uh, public private partners to to make it work how much have you guys raised if you can even answer that I mean, I think that's a, I, I don't have that number. How much have we raised? I think it's at least $4 million yeah, so far. Yeah, so I, we're... I mean, but we're not sitting on $4 million, <clears throat> right? A lot of that's out in Acme getting right. built, or it's in an engineering plan for mm-hmm. a different segment. So, you know, we've raised and spent close to that much money. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you raise it and you use it, essentially. So... Mm-hmm. Still need lots of help. And there are ways, I mean, anybody can help you guys with this if, if they support it, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we mentioned the uh, Founders Circle. There's information about that on our website. Those are the, the initial dollars that, that give us the, the leverage to uh, take advantage of opportunities as they arise so we can continue to, to push for the planning mm-hmm. is the first step, and then the engineering, and then finally construction. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. And I would say if you're listening to this project and you have the ability to give seven figures, you should absolutely call us. <laughs> but I also want people to know if you're just a trail user and you like trails and you want to give $50, it does actually matter mm-hmm. even though the project's really expensive because the way that the money is put together, being able to show that segment of like, here's the private donations that are supporting us. Yeah. It's this number of people have given this much money. And that helps you leverage dollars from townships, municipalities, the state. Mm-hmm. So your $50 goes much farther than just that amount because of the other things it enables us to do in terms of fundraising and keeping us on the job working to keep this trail going. That's a great point. Yeah. So every little bit counts technically. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Last loaded question I will ask you. When's it going to be done? <laughs> I think we have a running bet on that, don't we? Is there, or maybe we should start one. We should start one. I think um, I think if we were done in 10 years, I'd be pretty happy. Okay. We've been saying it's a, a 10-year project for a few years now. Right. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, but maybe we ought to put some skin in the game so that we can, you know, maybe that'll add some incentive. 
We probably should. I mean, you know, it's certainly in five years and in 10, there will be significant portions of it built. Mm-hmm. But sort of our little Traverse Wheelway, uh, most of it was built for years before we were able to acquire the final piece of property needed to connect the two halves. So sometimes stuff like that happens too, you know. It, the trail's 90% built and just that last section is hard. So it's hard to say when it'll be done, done, but there'll be r- rideable trail soon, right? In when you, yeah, we're, we're building momentum to, you know, use the, the snowball analogy. We've been packing that, you know, initial portion and now it's kind of starting to roll down the hill and mm-hmm. we just got to keep pushing. Right. Once you get a couple segments in, then the community where a segment ends says, oh, okay, well, like, look at all these people on this trail. We mm-hmm. need to get on board with this. And so it does really help generate momentum. And if you get, you know, two segments, then there's more interest in the connection and it just helps, yeah. um, you know, and we, local governments have a lot on their plates. And so, you know, some of them are ready to work on the trail right now and some of them aren't. And so, you know, that's just a matter of, you know, then in a couple of years, different ones will be ready. And so just kind of meeting them where they're at uh, to have these kinds of conversations and move it forward. All right. Well, 10 years. I'm going to hold you guys to it. Okay. It's a deal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much, Brian and uh, Brent. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Anything else you guys want to throw out there that I'm not asking you? No. I mean, I just did the math <clears throat> and that 2032 sounds like a fake number, but uh, 2022 kind of does too, when you really stop and think about it. It does. So, uh, we'll see, you know, the past couple of years have been the longest decade of a lot of people's lives. So we'll see how the actual decade of trail planning goes. We do know that, uh, just attending shorts fest last week, for example, a couple weekends ago, we had a tent up. There is so much excitement out there in these communities. We're going to continue to work with the locals, building trails for people who live here and then making them attractive for for our our tourism economy in the process um so our a lot of our work will be just continue to to build the the excitement and and in turn the momentum yeah and i will say we have a trail center located uh between petoskey and harbor springs on the little traverse wheelway right where the northwestern state trail starts and goes up to mackinac city so we see people from all over come in and talk to us And truthfully, people tell us that they've ridden their bikes all over the country and our trails are some of their favorite trails. I always say Northern Michigan does a lot of the heavy lifting for us, right? Uh Because we live in a beautiful place. Yeah. But uh, people really appreciate it. People move to communities like ours because of these recreational resources. Uh, They move before they retire. They move after they retire. So there's a lot of excitement about more trails, more things to do, more places to go. And we're just trying to, you know, be part of that. I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah, very well said. All right. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks. This was fun. Thanks, Megan. Yo, tell me it's Friday. Hey, tell me it's Friday. Yo, tell me it's Friday. Tell me it's Friday.